Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Welcome to a sports betting podcast from pregame.com for Thanksgiving weekend 2009. I'm your host, RJ Bell. I'm joined by Marco D'Angelo, 30 years in the business, Vegas runner, genuine professional better here in Las Vegas. This is segment one of six, big game preview, college football, Auburn and Alabama. All right, as always, Vegas Runner, start off. What's, what has the line done in this game? All right, Alabama opened up as a 12.5-point road favorite with a total of 47. As of today, Bama's down to 10, and the total still stayed at 47. So no money's come in on the total yet, but some money on Auburn. Now, as we talk about each week, we profile the types of line moves and uh, some of them are more likely to be true positions or true steam, as you call it in your blog. And you actually do this at pregame.com in the yes, blog. Sir. And one of the main rules is if it's a public team, if it's a favorite, and it's betting on them, it's possible that they're looking at a buyback later. If they're betting on the dog or the less marquee team, which is usually one and the same, it's likely a true position. So Correct. this seems like a true position. Yeah, yeah, going against an Alabama so, squad. So we can say the wise guys like Auburn. Absolutely. Okay, so now you've got your official free pick. Yes, in I do. Yes, so I do. each week we give one pick. That's an official free pick, but then we give leans throughout all of our pot, all of our previews. First up, though, Marco, as a handicapper, what jumped out at you about this game? Well, and this is going to be a good segue for me that uh, guys might want to check out our This Week in Vegas video. We talked about this week, it's rivalry week, and how to handicap these games. Very insightful stuff. And, and you and VR do this every week, and you can get all the videos at pregame.tv. Absolutely. And the thing that jumps out is Auburn's got nothing to lose in this game. They can take chances in this game. You know, fourth and two situations where they can gamble because their arch rivals, they would love nothing better than to wreck that season for all Alabama. Right, so let me ask you a question. We want to make sure to give VR the time he needs here, but that nothing to lose, I've never really understood that. So in theory, is the, the teams that have the least to play for have nothing to lose. In general, is that the teams you want to bet? And if not, what's the distinction? In rivalry week, that is a huge advantage because teams like Alabama, they've got the national championship on the line, undefeated season on the line. They've got the SEC championship game next week. In so many instances, they're going to come into a game and possibly play more not to lose instead of playing to win, which creates situations for a live dog that gambles, which can backfire, too. If you take some fourth and two sometimes and you don't if make it was, them. If it was better to be crazy and wild and not conservative, why wouldn't teams do that all the time? Well, it is a reckless approach. There's no question. But when you're at the end of the season and there's really no ramifications for you making a, you know, a gutsy, stupid call, maybe, you know, all of these calls, they're either genius calls or stupid calls, depending on the outcome of the play. But there's play. a general concern, and, 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 and again, we're going to give you all the time sure. you need on this. Um, 
How do you look? I mean, to me, I look, there's two ways. I, I see Marco's point, which is if a team isn't nervous and hyper conservative, then they play looser. But then along that spectrum of looseness becomes the issue of not caring about the game. Right, right. So is there an optimum middle ground where they care, but they're not tight? Or, and if not, how do you look at this whole kind of nothing to lose? Having a I don't look at it as nothing to lose. I look at it more as the dog, the, well, the back door will always be open because I don't think they're, they're going to stop playing. Uh, regardless of how bad they might be getting dominated, I think you're going to get maximum effort the whole 60 So you're talking minutes. about two different things. You're saying because it is a rivalry game, they're going to try hard even if they're down by 21 with 15 Yeah, you're going to get nonstop motivation. And that's a little bit there. So we got two different angles on this game that you got, not angles, but perspectives. One is Marco thinks Auburn's going to be loose, and he looks at that as an advantage. And you're saying Auburn's going to be motivated because it is a rivalry. So the, 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 as you said, the back door is always, open. always open. That's not for you, though. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, closed. <laughs> the back door is closed. All right. Now we know. So, <laughs> all right. So give us your pick. All right. I, I really like Auburn in this spot. And I... I, you should be able to get plus 10 or better. I don't think it's going to dip below this number. All right, so let me jump in. Hate to do it. You've been doing a line move prediction thread on Thursday. Yep, and i got to tell you, this thing's blowing me away. Is Unless I'm mistaken, it's something like 35 and 5? Yeah, yeah. Yes, so you've is. predicted 40 games over the course of the last three or four weeks. And amongst the games that moved, some didn't move at all. At all so right. we just throw those out. Of the 40 games that moved, you predicted 35 of them Correct. to you, move the right way. Correct. You would have got a better number by reading that blog 35 or to 40 times. And it's free. Absolutely. Awesome. Now, so on this game, what you like Auburn, you're going to tell us why, but what's your line move prediction? I, I think this is going to stay at 10. I think that's where it's going to go from here on. The only way it could go is higher now. Um, I don't see the... the so dog players, if, if you are at least going to get 10 or maybe more, you wait till game day. Yeah, if you players. disagree with me, bet Bama now. If All you right. agree with me, you could wait till kickoff. You're only going to get a better number. All right. Because there's not a profitable middle opportunity here. If they took plus 12 and a half, they're not going to lay 10. Yeah. I, and that's one of the reasons that they will try to take a position is middling and stuff. And you're saying right. you don't see that to be the case. And when I say they, I mean the wise no, guys. Correct. All right, correct. so give me the fundamental breakdown on why you like Auburn. Uh, bottom line here, I think this line is way off. I went back to see what, coming into the season, we knew Alabama was going to be an excellent team. What number did they put on them games that you could bet until the season kicks off? And they had Alabama as a four-point favorite in this game. Okay, so now they brought them out over a touchdown higher, and the wise guys reprimanded them and let them know that was wrong. I agree with that side. Uh, more importantly, I think there's a lot of extra added motivation the way they got beat up by this team last year. Not only did they lose 36 nothing, but they got totally destroyed. Alabama held the ball for 36 minutes and was just toying with them, taunting them the whole game. So I think Auburn's going to step up here. More importantly, this team at home, has a very strong home field edge. It's not your average three points. This is a team that's six and one at home and one and three on the road. So there's a big difference there on how they play when they're at home. I give extra weight there. When a team's five and one at home, five and one on the road, I don't give that much value for home field. 
It's yeah. not that big of an edge for them. But when they're zero and three on the road and five and zero at home, and it's, it's all huge. about it's all about relative performance. Yeah. Is how is what is the power ranking? In fact, a lot of handicappers have a separate power ranking for home and away. They just don't do the same old three. You look at New England, for example. We'll be talking about that Monday night game later. Is they play very well on the road. So it's relative road home for both teams. All right, I got to tell you, I, I tend to, I'm, I think I'm going to, if I can find the 10 and a half, and to me, you know, we know 10 is a key number. You've got, the, you've got a good home team. You know Alabama is a premier, a marquee team, so there's a little premium on them. Exactly. And you also have a situation with a rivalry. You're getting double digits. I, I like Two it. weeks to prepare for Auburn as well. So they've been, they've been looking forward to this now for two weeks. And before we go to Marco real quick, just to clarify, and, and every time you talk about this, you should because most people aren't Correct. familiar with this, is the, the sports books put out a preseason line on marquee games you can bet. And then once the season starts, they usually take, take those down. lines Correct. down. You log those and look at the relative differences between the preseason line and this line. For every game And you have. ask yourself, is has Alabama and Auburn changed that much relative to what they were in the preseason? And you're saying, no, you think it's too much of an adjustment. Yeah, and how could Auburn... Alabama seven and four against the spread. A team that's eleven and zero straight up, that marquee shouldn't be seven and four against the spread. So I think they're making you pay an extra premium in this. But they're spot. Seven, they've won seven of eleven. Yeah, uh, they, that means uh, covered too. They're they, they've covered. They've won ATS seven of eleven. Right. All right. So so clearly they're they're, they're better than fifty percent. So right. I'm not so sure. Whatever premium they've been put put on them, it they've hasn't exceeded. Been enough. They've exceeded. Right. Okay. Right. All right, un- Mark, you got twenty seconds. Hmm. Give it quickly. To us. You made one thing. You said they had two weeks to prepare. They did play last week, but it was against uh, nobody. Chattanooga. Uh, Chattanooga. So we consider that. Two weeks to prepare. All right, fair. All right. You might want to consider the over in this game. Alabama might go with some vanilla offenses at times not to tip their hand for next week. All right. Hey, great stuff. Jam-packed. Next up, Florida, Florida State. And that's going to be segment two preview there. Remember, you can get all of our videos at pregame.tv. Or if you want to download and listen, just go to iTunes and search for pregame.com. This is segment two of six. Big game preview, Florida, Florida State. First up, as usual, what's the line and what's it done on this game? All Vegas right. Run. Florida opened up as a 21-point home favorite with a total of 56 and a half. As of this morning, they're up to 24 and a half and 56. So uh, wise guy money on Florida and uh, nothing much on the total. Now, as we do every time we see a move, we try to profile the move. This falls right into the situation where the wise guys could like it or they could be setting up for a buyback. Correct. You've got starting on the key number of 21. You've got a marquee team in Florida. You've got the favorite, which means they might have expected Florida money, so they wanted to get ahead of it to buy back later, which if so, they've, they've been correct in the big move. Yeah, now that it's a 24 and a half, that's where you keep your eye on to see will it go back because now there's a profitable, profitable middle Between right 21 there. and 24. So if, we're predi- if, if one of the things we want to do is predict what the wise guys truly believe, we're uncertain on this game, even though there's been a big move. Yeah. Would you agree with that? I, 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 no. I think they're on Florida for sure. All right, I so, really do. All right, and so just let us know as quickly as possible. For me, this is the perfect storm of a likely buyback. Like we said, marquee team, big favor at, at home. Uh, what makes you think otherwise? The reason I think it's true steam is because it's gotten up to 24 and a half. 
and they haven't attempted the buyback. And from speaking to the books, six out of every ten bets written so far is on the Florida State side. So the public's going to come in on Florida State, and that tells me if the wise guys were going to work the middle, they have to do it now because this line may dip back to twenty-four. But can we really? Can we really consider any action that the public important? No, 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 <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Can we really consider any action that happens before game day, or especially we're taping on Wednesday? How many are any true public batters? Betting this game on a Tuesday and a Wednesday? Yeah, no, it's early. That's true. It's early. But uh, so far, anything that you, you're hearing about, anything you're seeing is on the Florida so, State side because it's a lot of points. Florida's not a team that's covering. They're 3-8 and eight or whatever. They are fine, fine. So let's call the them half a wise guys. Right. Is the half a wise guys that aren't as serious as the guys that are betting the true, true open and aren't there the minute Chris or Pinnacle, or not Pinnacle, but the Greek or whatever comes up first, you're saying those guys are on Florida, the half a wise guys are on Florida State, which makes the books you're talking to think there might be some public Florida State money come Saturday. Come sa- Exactly. I, which is make you think this is true, a true position from Florida. Exactly. On Florida from the wise guys. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. All right. Marco, as a handicapper, how do you look at this game? Well, the one thing that struck me in this game was Urban Meyer's press conference this week. If you caught his press conference this week, when they talked about senior day, you know, final home game, this guy literally got choked up at the mic. You know, and he had to compose himself for a couple seconds before he went on. He truly loves this team and loves Tim Tebow. And I think, given his history in the past, if this team gets up big, you're not going to see him take his foot off the gas pedal, you know, because they got a big game next week. This guy has no problems running the score up given the last two years 45 to 15 and 45 to 12 against Florida State. And remember, not only is it a rivalry, this is the state they recruit you know, the most heavily from. And Florida State is one of your biggest recruiting rivals. You send a message. So really from A to Z, we got a hyper-motivated Florida team and one that's not afraid to run up the score. Absolutely, and a coach that really showed emotion about this game. All right, as you look at this game, what's the one thing? That's, that's my out? biggest point, and here's the reason why. This is a, a, a difference of two halves of decades. The first half, Florida State dominated, winning the first five. The last five, Florida's dominated. But when you look at the ATS numbers, the team that the favorites nine and two against the spread. So that tells me when either of these teams had the dominant position over the other, they really put the foot on the gas and wanted to blow them out. That supports everything Marco just said. So when Florida was able to blow this team out, they did so. When Florida State was able to blow out Florida, they also did so. So I think this comes down to which team could do the blowing out, and that's the team I'd be looking so at. So that's interesting. Oftentimes in rivalry games, you look to the dog. Exactly. Because you figure the motivation factor that, you know, you always throw hear the no matter how, the throw window. the rankings out the window. You were saying, especially because of the recruiting angle in Florida, where these kids, these are the best, you know, they're, they're getting, Florida has the best football in the Correct. country for high school, mm-hmm. and the best players go to Florida, Florida State, Miami, Florida, though a little bit less Florida. 
Florida State, Miami, Florida recently. Now, yeah. These guys love winners. They like swagger. These kids want to have swagger. They want to be at a yeah. dominant team. When they see like the old Hurricanes, when they were doing the six-shooter, when yeah, they paid yeah. taxes, that made those kids want to go to that school yeah. and be on the dominating side. And it makes a ton of sense. Is is You maybe don't want to look at the dog here in this rivalry. You want to look at the favorite because they're going to try to shove their nose in it and, and, and nose in the dirt. When they could do it, they've done it every time. Wow, that's a great point. So that really seems like we're leaning towards Florida, though I never will play a game that moves three or three and a half points. And, and that might yeah, be you're just a huge a, numbers value. I, you know, I mean, that's all that there really is ultimately is what is the line supposed to be? What is the line? Do you have an edge to make it where you're going to win 55% of the time? How you arrive at what the number should be, there's all kind of ways right. to arrive at it. Computers, gut feeling, whatever. But to me, if Vegas said it's supposed to be 21 and we're at 24 and a half, the only way you want to bet that thing is if it's 27, it was what the real line's supposed to be, or 28. Are you telling me Vegas was off by seven points to start with? No, because going back to, like I do every time, what was the line when you could look over the summer, that future line that you mm-hmm. were speaking about earlier? They had Florida 22 already back then. So... You know, pretty close well, to what they brought it out Well, that's interesting. Florida's been undefeated, which they were expected to be. You have to say Florida State's been... Six and five. Has uh, been an, a disappointment. sure. The idea... Well, that tells me Especially that... Especially three and eight against the spread. So the odds maker doesn't have a good grip on it. You surprised either. me when you said that because I didn't know what the line was. The number that popped into my head is I thought he would say like 17 like, or yeah, 17 even 14. And a half. Yeah. So that does say... So they put out the 21 less... We know relatively Florida State's worse than people thought they would be. Florida, let's say, is the same. You would think the line would be higher than the preseason line. They put it out a point lower. Uh-huh. Tell me, they're expecting Florida State money but from the public. Just because it's a rivalry and they remember. And and Florida hasn't covered. They're not a team that's been covering this year. I mean, they're 11-0, but they're 5-5 against the spread. So they're not doing what Alabama's doing. You know, Alabama's covering numbers as well as beating And one other point here is there's two kinds of energy, I think, when it comes to a game. One is we want to win. We're going to stay focused this week. We're not going to be out partying or all that kind of stuff. But then there's the crowd energy. And I think this being TiVo's last home game is going to lead to the pregame energy, but also if it's the third quarter or the fourth quarter and they get that last touchdown to go up 35, the crowd's going to be just as excited. It's, a, it's going to be a celebration of Tebow. And if that's yeah. the case, usually when you have these big numbers, is if the crowd doesn't have the energy late in the game, the players aren't looking to score late. I think this could be a game that's a 35-point game. I think so, too. They're going against one of the worst defenses they played all year yeah, this week. Florida State defense is horrible. All right, we got four 45 seconds. Anyone can make any case for Florida State. <laughs> They're 107th in total defense, 94th in points allowed. Well, so. the question is, will Bowden be there? Is Bowden going to be awake for the game? Or? <laughs> it's, it's, it's for him. I mean, a Bowden coach team being that bad on defense. Oh, he, he hasn't coached them for three yeah. years. <laughs> you're right. He puts a headphone on, he tries to order pizza. You're right, you're right. You're absolutely he's, right. He's, he's talking about the post-game meal. Yeah, you're right. All right. Well, I tell you guys, very, very good stuff. Okay, next up, we're going to be talking a last college game. We're going to be talking, let me make sure, Notre Dame Stanford. Notre Dame's Marco's Marco new squad. <laughs> For free real time odds, lines, and scores, visit pregamelines.com. This is segment 
three of six big game preview Notre Dame Stanford as you see we have an empty chair our CEO RJ Bell had to step out for some CEO business that's what we're supposed to tell you truth be told during the break Vegas runner he, he tied RJ up and said I'm number one in the NFL don't interrupt me when I talk I and so like we're doing this segment without RJ I didn't like it at all <laughs> Okay. Notre Dame-Stanford. You're the lines man. Tell us the numbers. All right. Uh, this one had some strange movement. Not strange on the same direction, but a, a big difference in opinions. Um, the first book that opened up a number on this game was Chris, and they put out as low as five and a half. Um, money came on Stanford right away um, within a minute, minute and a half. They moved it all the way up to seven. Um, that's where it opened up everywhere else. Um, on Sunday evening, as of today, Stanford's up to 10. Uh, total open 62.5, up to 64.5. So we're seeing plenty of money on the favorite and plenty of money on the over. Well, obviously, you can't start talking about Notre Dame and Stanford without you know, talking about the coaching situation. Yeah. And actually, I mean, this could be the last regular season game for both coaches, yep. really, because there's a lot. I mean, obviously, everybody in our world believes this is the last game for Charlie Weiss. Uh, he's going to be. It should be. He's I mean, going to be gone. He's had all the day. chances. Come on. Uh, but there's also some sediment that uh, Harbaugh is going to be moving on to bigger and better things. With the job he's done at Stanford, and who knows. Notre Dame has hired a former Stanford coach before. Wow. You know, could, wow. we, have, could we have deja vu, you know? Wow. But uh, actually, uh, side note on this, I wrote a blog about the Notre Dame coaching situation. And if you like uh, conspiracy theories, read this blog, and I'll tell you why Notre Dame is where they're at today. Um, I don't want to give away the blog. Check it out at uh, pregameblogs.com and uh, check it out. It's an interesting uh, read. But let's get to this game. Notre Dame, can it get really, can it get any worse? I was on Notre Dame last week. I took a lot of heat I like them too. I like them too. And, you know, you're up 14 nothing at home. Boom, boom. The, one of the most storied football stadiums in the country. You don't let a team that's playing for the first time at Notre Dame come back and run over you the way they did. And the problem Especially is... when you know UConn's not one of them teams that just quits. You know, they're that grutty team that, that's going to stick around. You, you can't just think you go up two touchdowns and that's going to be the end of it. You could coast. What's killed Notre Dame? They've got the, one of the best offenses in the country. Their passing Jimmy game Clawson, is... man. Their passing game is pro-style. But defensively, they cannot stop the no. run. Not at all. And going against Stanford and their running back, who is making a late-season surge to you know, at least get mentioned for the, the Heisman, Heisman yeah. uh, how do they stop him? What, what, what do you see here in this game that indicates that Notre Dame can stop Stanford? I mean, their whole, the whole defense is terrible for Notre Dame. Let's just start there. I mean, they're terrible against the pass. They're terrible against the run. So, I mean, you could beat them both ways. Um, surprisingly, 
this Stanford is now a 10-point favorite. And, and this is a series that's been dominated by Notre Dame. Sure, there, that was previous Stanford teams. But, I mean, Notre Dame's 8-1 and one straight up the last nine against this team. And here they are getting 10 points. Um, and this is a pretty big game for them. They're 6-5. and five. They don't want to end up at 500 for the season. Um, so it's tough. What, what I was... I was a Stanford believer. What threw me off was how bad they played last week. I mean, they only held the ball for for 21 minutes, so they got dominated. And coming off wins against USC, Oregon, Arizona State, I really thought they wouldn't have been in that letdown spot because usually it's good teams that are in letdown spots, you know, not teams that aren't supposed to be there anyway. I mean, who would have thought Stanford would be sitting at 7-4? and four? But, I mean, their home field edge is huge. You can't overlook that. They're 5-1 and one this year at home. And more importantly, this team always seems to cover at home. I went back and I looked at last year's game because Notre Dame won that one by a touchdown at Notre Dame. They were a 5.5-point favorite. They covered the game. Um, what I saw was Stanford turned the ball over four times and only lost by seven. So that was a game they could have very easily won. And this year's Stanford team is, I mean, a hundred times better than that one. So this is going to be a very difficult game for Notre Dame. But again, I'm surprised the line is this high because Notre Dame has them backers that are going to bet them every week, regardless of how many times they get burned. Well, there's there's no question. You cannot turn ESPN on this week and not see Charlie White. Exactly. Face. So a lot of that has to do with public perception. Yeah, that's true. The negativity towards Dame now. The, as far as Stanford last week, um, actually, I had Cal last week and I liked them, you know, a lot. Uh, this was a situation they were in a bad, bad spot yeah. last week. Coming off the Southern Cal game, yeah, that's... the way they destroyed Southern Cal, and more so, and I even on. Uh, the radio show we have here at pregame, which Dan Beebe and Mike Hook do every day, I was on their Thursday show, and that was my free pick last week on the show, and I ended up using it as a premium play. What I said was that fourth quarter of the Southern Cal game, when that game got out of hand and Stanford kept scoring, right. they were enjoying themselves too much, way too much, and Cal-Stanford is a rivalry game. And you know we talked anyway, about it this week. It. It's it's a big rivalry game. Cal won nothing better to go in and spoil Stanford's you know Pac-10 championship hopes. And this was one of those games last week, uh, VR. That I love to talk to you, and I say that teaser handicap mentality. You look at the line when it was at seven yeah. in that game. Tease just the Cal win. to Cal to fourteen or Stanford to pick. More people are going to take Stanford to sure. pick because that's a lock. There's no way they're going to lose. But there is question the way Cal had played some they of their get games blown this out. year. Yeah, they've they blown, could out, get blown in games, out in games they didn't win. They they were blown right. out. Right. So that's what sewed it up for me that you know Cal at that taking the seven was the the right side. Now this week it's a different story because Notre Dame with their offense. Even when they've lost this year, Notre Dame has not gotten blown out. Notre Dame's been in their games, you know, case in point, two weeks ago when they played Pitt. They were totally dominated by Pitt. But yet, in that fourth quarter, with that quick strike offense, and when a team gets a lead, 
you know, sometimes they go into the prevent and they, you know, they rest on their lead. Notre Dame was able to come back and get the backdoor cover. So that's something that you got to worry about with Notre Dame this with week. With that many points. And, but, too, Stanford has a terrible defense. I mean, let's tell it like it is. The offense is what's doing everything. And, like, you touched on earlier, the Russian game. I mean, they're 13th in the nation in Russian. Wait, you look at them defensively, I mean, they're 81st in total defense, 98th against the pass. So, I mean, Clawson should have a big day against this team. The only thing I was surprised, I mean, I know it was a letdown spot, and you made total sense, but I mean, every week was a letdown spot for them. They beat Arizona State, then they beat Oregon, but then they beat USC. It was like U- letdown after letdown after letdown. Sooner USC, later, they're going to lose. USC see no matter what yeah, they're the elite. That contest, sure, sure. that's the game in the pack 10 absolutely in to beat them and to beat them the way they did um, quickly wrapping up here maybe the way to look at this game and i know there's no value because they really pumped this total, total. But sometimes in college football, it don't matter, you yeah. can't put a number high, high enough, enough yeah. in the way these two teams score i easily could see the you know the winning team you know, getting to the forties, getting into the forties, and if they're exchanging touchdowns, you could see seventy plus points. Yeah. on Saturday in this game, uh, if the winner scores, if the winner scores forty, you're going to get an over. Yeah, I mean, so you know, you might want to look at the over. That's um, segment uh, three of six. Uh, we'll be back with segment four, where we're going to take a look at a big game preview coming up: Indianapolis and Houston. This is the Thanksgiving edition. This is segment four of six. It is NFL action, Houston and Indianapolis. Vegas runner, give us the line. Okay, Indy opened as a three and a half point road favorite with a total of 49. As of today, you have your options. If you want to lay three with Indy, you got to lay 130. Or you could lay that open in number three and a half and get even money. So... It's dipped down to the to the dog, little money on the dog, and the total's gone from forty nine to forty eight, which isn't surprising after the first meeting finished twenty to seventeen. Okay, uh, before we get into breaking this game down, this will be my free pick for this week. All right, uh, we both been uh, rolling along yep. on the on the free picks nailing them I, I someone please let me i'm not to be cocky i don't know when i lost one i, I know i've won eight or nine eight straight or nine straight it's been a long time so let us know thank you sorry i'm only 10 and 3 for the season you know <laughs> i got to you know be in the shadow of the big guy but uh before we get to that we got to give away rj's money he's not here right now some give ceo stuff I love giving away his money. It's Thanksgiving. Let's do it. $10 coupon. You go to the shopping cart. Anything you want to buy at pregamepros.com. And we've got some hot guys. i got to talk about one guy, Dwayne Bryant. I'm going to tell you two numbers. Either one of these numbers by themselves is enough of a reason for you to jump on this guy. But combine them together, it's a no-brainer. Dwayne Bryant is 7-0. and with his games of the year in 2009. That's all sports games of the year. That in itself. He's hit 14 straight plays in football. Tomorrow, in the NFL, Turkey Day game of the year from Dwayne Bryant. If you enjoyed his college game of the year last Saturday with BYU, check out Dwayne Bryant. And you can use this coupon and save 10 bucks. Turkey 
10. I knew you were going to pick that. I knew Tur- it. I you, knew know, it. I, you know, I'm thinking about the turkey in my head. already. What, what words are you going to use? You what, know, what, what coupon code? Turkey 10. You get $10 off anything. Got to bring your own gravy, though. We just give you the coupon. Turkey 10. And as RJ likes to say, what if the what package if, what is if only it's 10, 10 bucks? If it's 10 bucks, you know what? It's free, RJ. Okay. So that's we're having too much fun without the boss here. Uh, let's get into this game. I'll let you break it down first. And then I want to know tell your you. free pick. You give me the play first. Give you the, you know you what? tell me what. First. I tell you, I looked at this game two different ways. And I can actually take the side or the total. You I like, like both, both, huh? I like both. But you know what? I'm going to go with this game. I'm going to go with the over because part okay. of my... Part of my thing here is the first meeting in this game, it was a 20-17 to 17 game. Misleading score. Big time. Indianapolis came out of the chute. First three, I think three of the first four possessions, they were up 13-0. I had them. You don't have to remind well, me. I know. You know. Okay, we know. There was a situation. They could have blew this game open uh-huh. early. They settled for two field goals. If that game goes to 17 nothing or 21 nothing, Oh, it flies over. It flies over the total because now Houston's got to be playing in come-from-behind mode. So I think both teams are going to score. Indianapolis had a big game the last two weeks. They had two weeks ago against in, uh, New, New, New England. Excuse me, sorry. Yeah, New the England, Sunday the game, game where they... Got the gift, the fourth and you know, yeah, that. fourth and two. They went for it, all that stuff, and made the come miracle comeback. Then they went on the road last week, which was my free pick. I said they'd get the money against Baltimore. They did. It was ugly, but they got the money. Here's a team. The last four weeks, they're undefeated this season. Their last four wins have been by a total of ten points. This week. I see them breaking out of their offensive, you know, sluggishness of last week in the first meeting against Houston. I see both teams going up and down the field. I see them trading okay, points. Okay, both teams. For a second there, I thought you were leaning favor no. and over, and that's not you. No, no. Okay. Both teams okay. are going to go up and down the field. Okay. I think this is one, and this is why I was kind of leaning to Houston as okay. well. But okay. my official pick's going to be over the total of 48. Last team with the ball. I say he's going to win the game this week. Uh, I'll tell you what. History supports what you're saying. And now that it's off that, I mean, it isn't the key total. But 49 is is one of them. You know, at 38, 41, 43, um, 49. And now that it's at 48, you're getting extra value. More importantly, until that last game that ended 20-17, to 17, we saw eight straight overs. So both these teams always came in knowing they're going to play some offense, and that's how it usually went down. So I, I kind of I tend to agree with you there. I, I like that free pick. Um, when I look at this game, Mark, I went back and I looked at what happened in, in the first game because I did have Indianapolis. And what I saw was the Texans missed the field goal, which was key, number one. They only ended up losing by three. But more importantly... If you're going to beat Indianapolis, like they were saying, that was to get over the hump. Mm -hmm. Obviously, now Houston's lost two straight, so they're not talking about them as as getting over the hump. But before the Indianapolis game, that was the talk. Can they finally get past that? Um, You're not going to do it with 13 penalties and 130, 140 yards of penalties against Indianapolis. You almost have to play perfect ball, especially on the road. And they weren't able to do that, while Indianapolis, on the flip side, only got called for four penalties. Um, So, I mean, everything 
that Houston could possibly do not to win that game, they did. Missing field goals, getting penalties, falling behind on the road. I mean, everything they could possibly do wrong, they did. And they still hung around. Um, So that tells me, you know, they do create some problems for Indianapolis. Looking at the history ATS, they've covered against this team. You know, although it's been one-sided with Indy beating them, they haven't done so convincingly. Last three in the series have been decided by six or less. Exactly. And that, that I mean, it goes it follows that that trend, I think. And I kind of lean that way with, again, I think you're right on both ends as far as leaning to the Houston side and leaning to the overside. I'll tell you right now, I don't think you could go 0-2 betting them. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you walk up to the window and you bet Houston for 500, over for 500, I don't think you're going 0-2. The other thing, I don't know if you remember last year's game in Houston. This was the game that Indianapolis scored 14 points in the final, like, three minutes. Remember, the, all Houston had to do was run the clock out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they and had they, that yeah, fumble. Yeah, yeah, and, and all, all them that. points at the end. Yeah, so, I mean, Houston has played this team, and this is a huge game for Houston. Houston has wild card, you know, they're, they're still alive. There are six teams in the AFC log jammed at 6-4 and four or 5-5. Five and five. So anything could happen. Anything could happen. But if they and they're one of the five and five teams, if they lose here and go to five and six with so many it's teams over. Of, yeah, yeah, in it's front of them, because they're definitely, no matter what happens this week, they're going to lose ground to one of two teams. Pittsburgh's at six and four. Baltimore's at five and five. One, one of those of them is going to be one uh, of those is going to win is either going to be seven and four or six, six and, and five. five, and they lose ground. They're behind two either teams way. for sure. They need a win, and they need a win bad. The Monday night game, they were coming off of um, the bye week, which you've heard me say, I don't like teams coming off a bye week when they have momentum. And to me, Houston had momentum going into the bye week. Even though they lost at Indy, they had won three in a row, and that was like a moral victory going into Indianapolis and only losing by three. You're looking at the two worst running offenses in in football, the 30th and 31st ranked. My question is, I know we don't have time, do you think that's going to change? Are any of these teams going to try to run or do they know, let's just go in there and throw the damn ball around? What's going to dictate it? you got the number one passing team and the number three passing team. If one team jumps out 10 points, that takes the running game out. Throw it out. Take that rushing playbook and toss it. Toss it. Hey, Great segment. My official pick, take the over. This has been segment four of six. We'll be back with segment five when we preview Sunday night football, Pittsburgh Steelers at the Baltimore Ravens. We'll have the CEO back in the big chair, R.J. Bell, in the next segment. I'll let him out of the closet. All right. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. This is segment five of six, big game preview, Pittsburgh Steelers, Baltimore Ravens. Now, we've got Marco, who is Mr. Pittsburgh, but first, he lived in Pittsburgh for 46 years, right, before you moved to Vegas here. First, though, VR, as usual, what did the line do in this game? Hasn't. It hasn't (laughs) yet. The odds makers are afraid to release it due to Ben Roethlisberger. All right. 
So we're taping Wednesday. Now for everything, you know, we were talking about this in the yeah. pre-show, is everything I've heard... Is he's going to play. He's going to play. Tomlin's saying he's going to play. Ben's like, it's not an official concussion. He's like, you know, it was a bump on the head. They took a precaution. Right. It shows you, I think, and we usually rip on Vegas sports books, and rightfully so, because they're the scariest Forget about scaredy it, yeah. cats around. Um, I mean, if everything's right, they'll take a big bet. But if everything's not right, forget about yep. it. But, man, even the offshore books are scared here. Yep. Which could mean maybe this talk of Big Ben being certain isn't as certain. Because, again, what they would do mathematically is say, all right, what are the odds that Ben's going to play? What would the line be if he does? What would the line be if they don't? And then they would price it together. Put a circle around it, limit bets. And limit the bets. That's the sense. fact they're not doing that tells me either they're, they're getting even more scared or as scared as Vegas or there's something more to this story. Yeah, I agree. I think we should talk two-thirds of this ten minutes about uh, assuming Big Ben does play. And we can talk a minute or two assuming he doesn't play. So let's have some fun here. Really, one handicapping approach is to make a line on a game before, before you see the line. Out. And then if it varies, that's when you know. This is what the true wise guys do. Create they a number. Know, they know that they have value because the lines so different. So let's do it. Vegas runner, if Big Ben plays, what's the number on this game? If Big Ben plays, I think they got to bring Pittsburgh out. as A pick them where Pittsburgh is a one-point favorite. Because they last week when they brought out Baltimore as a one-point favorite against Indy, what happened? The wise guys jumped on Indianapolis. Indy went to the favorite. And what did they do? Win by two? The line went off one and a half. They got very close to getting middled there. And they're going to be afraid. To, they're going to be afraid this time around. I'm telling you. It'll be a pick 'em or Pittsburgh favorite. I don't. I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to be afraid to bring Baltimore I, out I, as a favorite. They, they can't bring Pittsburgh out a favorite in this game. Baltimore will be the favorite in the future game. line. Baltimore was minus one, just so you know. Well, if Baltimore will be with if Ben plays, Baltimore will be two. Sorry, Baltimore will be a two point two point favorite in this game. Uh, all right, so I'll bet, I'll bet you that right now is if Big Ben plays, the opening number, the first number comes out, will be less than. It will at least be Baltimore minus one and a half or less. One and a half or less? Okay. You want to bet? I'll bet. 500? Speaking, I owe you a nickel. I have <laughs> okay, it rolled here right. somewhere. It's all there. Go ahead. The serial numbers. What was, this, what was this for? Uh, LSU, Mississippi. Just want to make sure. You shouldn't even count. I, sh- I shouldn't even get that back. They, they didn't even cut. It was like a by what? A, a quarter point they covered? Your record is what it is. It right? is That's what it is. That. It is what it is. Ca- they cashed the winning tickets there. <laughs> all right. So you're thinking, all right, we've got our bet, though. You're thinking it's going to come out Baltimore minus two. Yes. I am right with VR. I think it's Pickham. I don't think Pittsburgh's the favorite. I think it's Pickham. It's hard to say. Uh, I mean, if you really think about it, is the question is how much are they going to take this KC game in account? Because Pittsburgh and Indy prior to last week, Indy might have been about one point better. Um, now, the, meaning if they played on a neutral, Indy might have been minus yeah, one yeah. with the Steelers. I think clearly Pittsburgh playing bad is going to move that a little bit, but I don't see it moving more than... It would have to move three points, or it would have to move two full points. And Baltimore lost at home last well, Yeah, Baltimore, too. I think, it was right on the line. They yeah. were as good as the, the wise guy, yeah. or as the odds makers thought they were. And to me, do you move Pittsburgh two points? First of all, do you agree that the line would have been Indy-Pittsburgh last week on a neutral would have been Indy one? 
No, I still would have had Indy at two or two and a half. They were uh, they're undefeated. The Steelers, the Steelers are uh, you know game over, you know two games over five hundred. I mean that you're thinking like a square there. No, I, the I Pittsburgh's mean, not well, played hold well on in a the second. last month. What was the New England Indy line before that game? The New England Indianapolis line. Well, it ended up being New England like minus one and a half, right? So they were they went off the key number of three, saying this undefeated Colts team was a point and a half worse than New England. And I don't think Indy's done anything since. All right, but either way, that that's an honest disagreement. Let's dig into the game now. Is what do you look at? And again, we call you Mr. Pittsburgh. What's your record in Pittsburgh-based teams? Well, we used the over last week. In yeah, that what's game? your record? Forty-five and twenty. Damn. Forty-five and twenty. Winner last week. That's betting on or off Pittsburgh-based teams. That's football, basketball, baseball. Totals the whole thing. How right. long is that for, Mark? That's for 2009. This year? This year. That's awesome. All right, so let's get to some facts. What's the key facts in this game? Pittsburgh's got to fix their special teams. It's, uh, it's horrible. I've never seen a team as bad as they have this year. They've had problems in the past. This is not like something new. This is a recurring problem with the Steelers, and you would think that they could fix one area, but they, they just keep doing it. And it confuses me because you know Steelers draft so well. Usually special teams are about the second and third or the second string guys. How good are they? Pittsburgh's known to be plug, you know, reload when they lose free agents. Well, where's these? It makes you wonder if this team's thin. Yeah. And and because or maybe it's just who knows maybe it's coaching. All right, what do you look at the the key, special teams coach? So far, the odds makers have made you pay a premium on Pittsburgh. You say that every week that they do it. Proof is in the numbers. They're three and eight against the spread. You're never going to get a deal on this game on this team. What I really dug into and saw that last year Pittsburgh did the trifecta against this team. Beat them twice during the regular season and then beat them in the playoffs too. So that's like as as. Triple revenge as it comes playoff for, for handicappers. Playoff revenge is one of the biggest handicapping yeah, tools for I mean, because, I mean, that's the finale. I mean, when you lose to a team, you knock them out. How did you beat them twice during season. the season? Then you knocked them out of the playoffs. So that revenge factor to me is what stuck out the most on the Baltimore side. And Pittsburgh had to travel while Baltimore got to stay home. So, I mean, it's it, it just a little so it's extra. back to back road games for the Steelers. For, exactly. Now let's pull that gold. We talk about gold nuggets sometimes. So playoff revenge, where if the prior year, if the team, if one of the teams knocked the other team out of the playoffs, then the revenge team is hyper motivated the first game the next year. Absolutely, definitely. What's the line if Dennis Dixon starts? Oh, <laughs> well, let's talk about that. We've got two minutes. What what is the line? Double in this digits. Game? It has to be the guy. Uh, one that attempt. Game. One attempt in in two years. You're going to bring Baltimore out as a ten point favorite. I'm telling you. They're not going. They can't. You're saying Ben Jesus. Roethlisberger's worth eight points? To the public, he is. It's a Pittsburgh Well, first, Steelers. he'd be worth ten points because they're to, not going to be laying two. To this, he is. <laughs> to this, he is. Yes, no. he, yeah, I'm telling you. No, it's not Ben Roethlisberger. It's Ben Roethlisberger, then Charlie Batch. So you got a developmental squad quarterback. You don't even have a backup quarterback. See, this probably will be. I, you know, remember now, it's we not had. a backup. Oh. I'm Sorry, it's not a backup. <laughs> I'm the host. I, you know, I'll cut your mic I'm done, here. I'm, 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 I'm going to leave. Body language tells it all. He's off the screen. We we had Donovan McNabb out with Cobb 
backing up, which is a, a big disparity. And you make a good point. It's not how good the court. I mean, if Joe Montana got hurt and Steve Young was there, the line would have adjusted one point or whatever. So it's not about how good the quarterback is. It's how relatively good he is versus the second string quarterback. I think now the McNabb line changed about four points, if I remember correctly. And that was a huge move. This could be bigger. Let's assume the line would have been two. I do think it's over a touchdown. I don't think it's I say it'll be seven. And it'll be seven or seven and a half. That would be one of the if biggest Dixon has to single. I hope he don't Ben don't play. I hope he don't play. <laughs> that would be one of the biggest single player moves I've ever seen. Yeah, for All sure. Right. Hey, great conversation. We had to talk a little generic because we don't know a lot of the information, but it was very helpful and insightful, I think. Next up, we're going to do Monday Night Football, and it's going to be my free pick. This is segment six of six. Big game preview, Monday Night Football. The New England Patriots at the New Orleans Saints. Big game. What a game. As usual, what's the line been doing, VR Talis? Okay, bear with me here because it, it, this line's moving a little strange. Chris first opened the lineup at New Orleans minus three, minus $1.15. So slightly more juice if you wanted to lay the three. Exactly, with a total of 56. As of today, New Orleans is a still three-point favorite, but now they're plus 110. And the total's 56 and a half. So it's moved 25 cents. Yeah. So to not get off the three. <laughs> so three is worth 23 cents statistically. So usually if you have to pay, that's why they charge you 25 cents, or sometimes they'll charge you 30, 30 to yeah. move off a of three. So that's usually not a good deal. You're, it went from 115 minus to plus 110 on New Orleans. So it's moved 25 cents. Yeah. So it's actually moved more than if it would have went from three to minus one ten to or three minus one ten to minus two and a half minus one ten yeah. would have been a twenty three cent move in cents though it would have been a half a point and this ends up being a twenty five cent move but all on the money line. Yep. All right, so that's something to think about. This has moved off of three because you can buy. Think about it. You can buy to two and a half yes. if they charge you twenty five cents and be laying just the same exactly. as you would have been earlier. So with you would have been laying one fifteen earlier to lay three. Now you're laying one fifteen to lay two and a half. Exactly. All right. So now the second thing we always look at is what's the wise guy saying here? Are they saying they truly like New England or are they saying, hey, I'm looking to middle this thing later and get it off of three? I think they're looking the middle because they were able to get plus three and, and only at minus 105. Not for long, but, yeah. but, but at least got down on that number. And then I thought because New England's, I mean, New Orleans is a public team now, but New England is the public team in the NFL, one of the most bet teams every week. Um, and they're coming off a big cover last week that a lot of people cash tickets. So I think they've got to jump there, too, thinking that if we get plus three now and the public comes in on New England as we expect and they force the line move to two and a half, then they got a possible middle opportunity there. All right, so you're saying you're uncertain of if it's the legitimate Totally, move totally. Totally uncertain. Yes, sir. Marco, as you look at this game, now this is my official free pick, and each week we each do one official free pick. What do you see in this game? Well, the first thing that jumps out to me, VR, yes, this is the public team, New England, and people are going to love them because New England's always going to be in the game. Yeah. Their three losses are by a total of 11 points this year. I think that... They're the values with New Orleans. I think that New Orleans is a much better ball club than New England is. New England, to me... A much better. So what's the line on a neutral? 
Well, according to Vegas right now, the line on the neutral is a pick them, and, and I think that's... No, a, well, no. According to Vegas right now, the line on the neutral is New England's favored. Well, three points for home field. Yeah, but the, well, like we said, you, there's a 20, you're paying a 25-cent premium to, to, to take three right now, so it's like it's two and a half. Okay. Uh, Though, in truth, we always say, and sorry to interrupt, we always say Vegas says, Vegas only speaks once. Mm -hmm. They speak with the opening number. That's it. The betting market speaks from there. So you're right. Vegas does say neutral. And to talk about the odds makers poll, and I haven't seen this week's, but last week probably you know, New England excelled, New Orleans excelled, nothing really changed. No, and they had them like this. I the, mean, they, it was like New, New Orleans was number one, but it was like less than a half a point exactly, different. Exactly. So, so the odds makers do think that these are even teams. The public... The, but not the public, the wise guys in the betting market pre-game day, which is usually the sharps, they say New England's better. Now, you're saying you think New Orleans is better. I think New Orleans is better. The New England team, this is not the New England team that we've seen in past years. Their, their defense is not solid like they've been in, in years past. I, I've just, they've got one convincing win this year. And now against a decent team, and that was the Atlanta game where they won twenty six to yeah, ten. In hindsight, how how big is that? But looking at their card, that's the most impressive win they have on and the they, card. And they could have lost the Baltimore game. They could have four losses very easily right now. Very easily. But what I see, you start last week's Jet game. That's misleading. The Jets had five turnovers in that game, and one of the turnovers was a direct pick turnaround. Six. It was a pick six. It's you know they win the game thirty-one. I think the score was thirty-one to fourteen last week. You know you take that pick six out of the mix. Yep. The Jets were hanging with them again. This team is not that all right, impressive. So, all right. So let me ask you this: Is if you're effectively laying two and a half at home with New Orleans, and, and though the line's three with the money line, you're effectively laying two and a half right now, and you have the better team, then it seems like, and that segues into my pick. My pick is, I'll just make it simple, is New Orleans. Um, I'm, you know, it, it, to me, it doesn't matter. You lay the three and take the 110, or you lay the two and a half. I, you know, you're thinking that. So let's talk line move predictions for a second, so we can recommend playing it early. Absolutely. Late. You see the line coming off with three. I think they're going to be forced to do it. The books are hoping this is that kind of Monday night game that they get balanced action. I don't think it's going to happen. I think New England has too big of a fan base, and because New Orleans burnt betters lately, although they're ten and zero, they're one and three ATS the last three. So the odds makers made people pay a premium. All right. So we're seeing even more New England money. So. Let's say that we're laying New Orleans minus two and a half, which you could even get now if you just bought yep. it with the money line. And again, you'd only be laying the 110, so it's just like a normal minus two and a half. Is, I think it's exactly what you guys said. We have, maybe they're even teams. I'm going to say they're even teams. And you're laying two and a half at a home field, which is certainly three at this point. There's been a lot of talk about these home fields have de been decreased a little bit. The Superdome on a Monday night is is, is not going to be decreased. Yeah. Bourbon Street. <laughs> yeah, so you've got a true three-point <clears throat> home with at least an equal team, and that's all the edge you can have is laying two and a half when you're supposed to lay three. That's the edge. It's, yeah, true. So Two points I'd give you real quick. The only concern for the Saints in this game, in their last five games, they have turned the ball over over 13 yeah. times. They have, you know, a great offense. They are averaging almost 37 points a game, highest in the NFL. 
but you cannot have those kind of mistakes against a Bill Belichick team. That's the only thing that could cost them in this but game. New England's 1-3 on the road this year, man. That, that tells me they're not – I agree with you. They're not that dominant team that everyone thinks they are because they're not getting it done on the road at all. And I look at the New Orleans team. I think you've got to give them even if not more for the three-point home advantage because it is such a difference in surface. And like we, I just said, New England hasn't played well on the road. So I think there is a lot of value on the New Orleans side. Looking back at what the future line is, like I always do, they had New England three and a half. Obviously, New Orleans has beaten expectations, except ours, that bet New Orleans early at a future. Well, you had a future at 22 to 1. Yeah, but they had New England three, minus three and a half. So this is a big you know, line move as far as that's concerned. One thing I'll say quickly as we wrap up. You hear me talk about teaser handicapping, and I use it in, in part of my handicapping. The squares will love teasing New England up you know, on a seven. That's point what teaser. we'll do seven. They'll, they'll they'll take the seven, tease them up to ten. That looks like a gift if you're you know looking at the game because nobody's going to expect a Belichick team to get blown out. All right, so let's think about how you use teasers. Is the fact that it looks appealing. At plus three, and again, I don't know exact. Different books differ, but if it's plus three and you're laying 125 or more, and you know, do they let you tease off of that? And if so, they roll the they roll it into the juice on the teaser. So that gets kind of complicated, and each book has their own approach with that. Um, so, but my question is this: Let's just say it was three minus 110. The fact that a seven pointer would get you to plus 10, and you got 30 seconds. What does that tell you? If the teaser looks that inviting to tease the dog in the game, I'm going to take the favorite. Because Especially prime you time. don't think Vegas is giving you something that inviting unless they want you to take it. Yep. It's like the special where the fish is three days old. And it, <laughs> Especially <laughs> Monday night football. You know, yeah, well, which is a very public game. All right. Well, listen, great stuff. I had to step out for two segments with you guys. Thanks for taking care of it. But in general, uh, even without me, those were good segments from what I overheard. So (laughs) great show this week, and we'll be back next week as usual. And remember, you can get all of our videos at pregame.tv, or if you want to download and listen, just go to iTunes and search for pregame.com.